0: And we will jump straight into it. This is Nicholas and my uh, radio show. Um, so um, I think we've been trying to do this with you for a couple of years now. So it's good to it's good to get you finally.
1: All right. Also, <laughs> <Awesome. laughs> uh, unfortunately, I don't have any any vinyl player. I, <laughs> I haven't had that since uh, early '90s. But yeah.
0: You still release release records on vinyl, you know, so it's... it's Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, Dude, we're we're, we're on the eve. Actually, the album is out uh, today. Uh, The Great Heathen Army is out today. Congratulations. Thank you. Fucking monster. As for always, man, as for always. um, Nicholas and I were driving in the car the other day and we were just talking about... uh, We were actually talking about your guitar tone and how good your guitar tone always is, and how, you know, definitely on this record, your guitar tone is just, it's just great, Matt.
1: It's great. Yeah, I mean, it, it is, and I agree, but uh, unfortunately I'm not going to take credit for it because uh, <laughs> I think Andrew Sneep is the one to take credit <laughs> for it because he's the one tweaking the sound. I just, I just play.
0: Yeah, but you also got a good tone live as well. So take a little bit of the credit, you know? <clears throat>
1: The live tone is pretty much the same as we use on records.
2: So, yeah, yeah, right. Well, how much, how um, when you're in the studio with a guy like Andy Sneap who plays guitar himself, how much does he, um, like affect your playing and so on? And does he come with like tips? Or you you try that and try that and do that, do this? Oh yeah, yeah, and and I really like that with Andy. I mean,
1: yeah. For, for uh, yeah, for me as a guitar player, to to have a producer that is an amazing guitar player himself is is fucking brilliant. He can you know other producers would say like okay again, play again, play again, and you don't know why you have to play again. While Andy he can kind of like okay you see the look at the string here you're touching it, so he can actually point out what I'm doing wrong, and that's that's fucking awesome. And also, when it comes to like sounds or if you have an idea for an effect or whatever, and I, I have no clue what I'm looking for, but I do know what I want, so I can kind of explain to him, and he loves. Okay, I know what he's talking about, and then he puts some pedals and he tweaks some sounds of that, and there it is. So I mean, it's
2: it's, it's awesome. Well, well you- I mean, go through like I mean, I mean, you have your guitars, and I know that Andy Sneep has a lot of guitars in his studio. Do you try out different guitars for different songs or do you yourself stick to like your guitars you have a couple of guitars to play on uh, for the most part I
1: stick to my own but 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 also when it comes to like special stuff uh, I mean if we're doing like really long chords like open chords that and we since we play on that b tuning so it's tricky to have that in tune the whole you know it's kind of right. tricky to get the open chords in tune so he has a guitar with uh you know he has an ever tune on it and that makes it really in tune so obviously for that kind of stuff it's it's good to use his guitar and then if you're gonna do something really crazy like i don't know i mean this guitars that can pretty much sound like whatever you want it to sound like and and he has all that so yeah that that's awesome but when it comes to the main parts it's i i play my guitars and and you want plays on his guitars right cool
0: that's cool b is is pretty low i didn't realize it was actually b B b's like
1: that that strings are flapping around man that's pretty low oh yeah Yeah. they're (laughs) flipping around a lot but but i mean we play on quite thick strings i mean I think I play on on 62, Uh, but I think uh, Johan Söderberg, he actually plays on 68, and that's almost like a bass string. Yeah. So, but yeah, it it is, but I I think you get used to that. I mean, you just uh, have to be easy on it.
3: Since my fate waits for me, as I descend the serpent's trail, the winding path downwards leads me through twisted trees and stinking bogs. A dead end Myself in thinking fall Into darkness I am drifting I am losing my direction Someone told me keep your feet If you want to walk this way I feel a with a steady beat Or us you may be led astray What you look for, what you seek Is at the end of this trail. Must walk with a steady beat, or else you may be led astray.
0: Speaking with Andy Sneep a little bit, you've worked with him quite a, quite a while. Has his style of producing you guys changed now that he's actively in a band? Because he, he, he's always been a great guitar player from Sabat and so on. on. But uh, the fact that he's now touring again and has for the last few years, has that reflected when he's recording, say, recording your parts? Is he coming to it? Can you feel him coming in with a different approach since he's actively a, a, a working musician again?
1: uh nothing that i really reflected on i mean obviously he has uh, amazing stories for, from the tours <laughs> but uh, no nothing I, uh, but but and also i mean he he did record a judas priest album between he did between us so i mean obviously he learned something from from that recording too but uh, nothing that i really reflected on to be honest but uh, l- like i said earlier i mean I, there's not to, enough words to praise
2: how, how amazing he is to record with. Right. And also, he's Have, a relaxed guy. Yeah. Have you ever met the guys in Judas Priest? Have you ever met Rob Halford, the metal god? Actually, in uh, I think it was in
1: 2002 or was it 2003. We toured uh, in US. It was called the Gods of Metal tour. And it was Halford, right. Immortal, Primal Fear, Us. And uh, some more bands. So yeah, that was actually the first time I, I met uh, uh, Halford. But uh, when it comes to the other guys, uh, no, I don't think so. Right, right. Oh, cool. Halford is good. Absolutely. So, so, um... and, and and I don't think actually we played with us Beast. Not what I can remember, at least. Right, right.
0: into this record, uh, you guys seem in a really good place, same with Berserker, you just seem in a really good place. Uh, did you feel that going into this record you were, you were fully prepared? And, and how much of the music did you take into the studio when you walked in there?
1: I would say 100%. Right, yep. Or even a little more actually, 105%, and then we have to take away 5%. No, but when it comes to music, we are really well prepared. We we make demos and, I mean, uh, I think we make maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 versions of, of, of each song. Wow. Demos until, until we know, you know, we don't yep. go into studio unless we are actually finished with all the songs. But obviously in the studio, you're going to add or maybe tweak a little bit, but... Mm-hmm. But I think for most part, at least when it comes to music, I think Johan might not have everything in shape. He might actually try out some stuff more than we do with the music. So vocally, he might be a little bit more open.
2: Well, I mean, there are nine nine songs. Nine songs on the album. Were there any songs that you kind of started working on that didn't make the cuts? Uh, uh, yeah, I have uh,
1: three songs, but they then they're, they're not. It's not that they didn't make the cut. It was just I didn't need them anymore. Right, and I'm gonna right. keep them for. That's something I already started working on now. So might be on the next one if they're, if they're still good. Then, but I usually I don't work with stuff that uh, I don't feel is you know if if I if I'm not hundred percent sure it's gonna be up. Uh, on album, I don't waste time on it. So right. Basically, I only work on stuff that I know is gonna be on the album. Right. Where
0: where, do, right. where does that happen? Where do do you know that basically from its uh from from the beginning from the the early riffs and working out? Do you realize this is ah, I'm not going anywhere? And or oh, do you, do you actually does a song mature and you get it like three quarters of the way and realize you know what? No, that's
1: that's that's not how it is. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I never had a song that that I completely, that that never end up on albums. I can't really relate to that. But I do know that, I mean, sometimes I feel like, okay, this is a really cool riff or cool melody. But, uh, you know, but if I don't have the whole song for it, I can use, I put it on side and I use it whenever I have. The right idea or or song for it. On on this album, for instance, The Serpent's Trail, the last song on the album, the main riff, I I, I think I started work on that seven years ago or something like that for Joms Viking. Oh, really? But they didn't really fit. So, I mean, uh, it's not that I'm I'm in a hurry. I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. one song that I was working on for this album, I wrote for. Twilight, I think. Oh. And, and it's still not, uh, it's not, I don't feel it's really, it's not right yet. But <laughs> whenever that's going to be right, I think that's going to be me, you know, I would guess that's going to be the best song I ever written. <laughs> the, the riffs are fucking amazing, if I can say so. Yeah. And the melody is fucking amazing. It's just that it's not right yet. And, and I learned that I don't want to stress anything. There's no point doing something that's gonna be half good or whatever. It needs to be as good as it can be, at least from my end. Right. And that's that's the approach I have on all the songs I write.
2: Is it, I mean, could you could you kind of pinpoint what it is that doesn't make it right? Is it that it's a, a very different song compared to the stuff you usually do, or no, not not really. It's just that it doesn't feel complete. I mean, might be that
1: uh, the verses are not right, or or I don't know. You just feel that okay, this is good, but it's not uh, it's not right. Then it's better right. to put it on side and you know work on something else. Right. All right. Cool.
0: Okay. Right. So here's here's a little bit of a controversial comment or question. Um if you're going in there with hundred percent of your uh, of the record done and basically, you know, like your your mindset on where you're going, um, have you ever thought about producing yourself, maybe getting Andy to be an engineer or or, or using, for instance, worst case scenario, Andy's out on the road, next record, and um he's with Priest and, and you're ready to do a record. Would you ever produce a record yourself and just get an engineer to capture those songs,
1: capture that, those sounds? Uh, I mean, uh, I think uh, that crossed my mind. I think we talked about that a few years ago, but no, I don't think that's the right way. I think the way I see it is that, at least when it comes to the songs that I write, I, I already produced them back home. When i'm making the demos yeah so I- but i i don't know how to make a i mean i can make a good demo but i mean i cannot make the whole I, I i don't know how to make drums sound good or how to make vocals sound good or whatever so i think it's better to have an actual producer who knows what he's doing and i think uh i think at one point many years ago i think it was faith and Orns album we tried to sort of produce ourselves and it sounded like shit and we kind of learn from there that from now on we're going to write the music and and the songs and then somebody else is going to take care of the overall picture when it comes to the sound. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, no, I think it's great to have somebody else actually. And I love to have somebody like Andy who can say that, okay. That, that riff sucks, or, you know, mm. that's not good. Obviously, he never said that to me because my stuff doesn't suck. But <laughs> but it's good to have somebody who actually can tell the truth. So, I mean, if, if there would be something that didn't sound good, Andy would be the man to say that.
0: Yeah, I, I right. 100% agree with you because I, and Nicholas and I have talked about this, sometimes the producer's job, isn't just to get those sounds. It's it's basically to uh, to get the best performance out of you, you know. And sometimes, as an artist, you're probably snow blind a little bit, um, you know. And it could be these fine details that make
1: the whole difference. Oh yeah, totally. And also, especially when you when you work on songs, you get snow blind. I mean, I mean, if I listen to my own songs. My my head is playing it for me. It's not it's not what I hear with my ears. So basically, you you can play something totally wrong, and my head will still hear the way I want to hear it. Yep. So it's really difficult to to you know change something or because that's gonna be I don't know I don't know how to say. It, but it but it's good to have like a producer. That you actually trust, and say, that we can say, like, okay, maybe you know, maybe that's too many rounds or what or whatever. Yeah.
2: What was there any song on the album that that you guys were disagreeing with 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 Andy, where he had a different opinion of what the song was going to sound like or be like, or? Nah, not really.
1: Not with Andy. No. No. No cool but uh, within the band we we always have different opinions and right and that's a good thing being five guys that uh, then we just vote them yeah <laughs> it's worse if you're four and it's going to be two yeah. two situations all the time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: Do you feel like uh, now you know you've been out of the studio for a couple of months, where the album is now out? How do you feel about your, your time in the studio? Were you were you happy with um, Were you happy in the studio? Do you, was it a, was it a good session
1: for you recording this record? Oh yeah, I thought this session was probably one of the best sessions we have done. We were in um, in England, uh, November December of twenty yep. one. Uh, so it was kind of end of the pandemic, but, you know, obviously, you know, the, the flu is still around. I mean, yeah. it it's never disappears. <laughs> and we didn't really want to have it into the studio. So we kind of kept it to ourselves there. And and he has his studio in a form. And um, in that form, there's, there's also the housing where we live and, and, and so to say. So, yeah, I think that was amazing. Uh, it was just the, the band. And him and kinda I don't say we isolated, but we kind of kept kept it to ourselves, yep, cool
2: well, I gotta ask about the um the video for uh for the title track the great heathen army um uh, it's a really cool video, and there's a bit of a like um when the um when the title of the video comes up in the beginning uh in red, it makes you kinda think of stranger things and then you have the the board game and all that and the two kids playing. Is that something that the director came up with or was that you guys? Uh,
1: I think that was a combination of both, I think. I think... I'm not sure to be honest, but I think it was that we sort of had a, a little idea that we kind of pitched to different directors. And then uh, I think uh, Pavel, he, he made his version out of that. And and some other directors did, did too, but we liked Pavel's the most. And then we you know, worked with Pavel together to finalize it. So I think it was kind of like a combination of, of both, but I can't really remember who came up with what, but I'm pretty sure he came up with the Stranger Things because I don't think that was anything the band came up with. But I do think that the board game is something that the band came up with. I think our our first idea was obviously to to do a video with like 100 Vikings, you know, a big fleet of Vikings. But um, we could not pull that off because uh, it's really difficult to pull off uh, more than 100 Vikings (laughs) for a gathering unless there's, uh, you know, Unless there is a Viking gathering already, and yeah, yeah. usually they are at summertime, and we were recording uh, the video in, in spring, so so we had to come up with a plan B
2: where that didn't involve too many people. Right. Well, who who has that board game now and those small figurines and all that? Who owns that now? Is that one of you guys? Uh, you can also be an owner soon.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I, I think that was just, the one we used in the video, that was just uh, something they put together. But we are actually, we, yeah, we are in working, uh, in trying to make a board game, but it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. Right. And, and not as easy as we thought. We already, you know, we've been planning this for, for I don't know, a year or whatever, but it takes forever. Nice. At some point, there's going to be a classic uh, Great Hidden Army, I want to mark board game. Nice, cool. All right.
0: the stranger things um are, are you surprised that like Metallica is now screaming up the charts again in everywhere you know with uh with Master of Puppets are, are you ever surprised about cuz you you are like one of the flag bearers of the new breed of metal and you guys just keep growing and growing and growing you ever think like um how can I be playing the music you know the metal that I'm playing and we just getting bigger and bigger and bigger i think it's it's a wonderful thing but do you ever sit back and uh and uh, think about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm thinking like, when are, when are people gonna really find out? <laughs> you know, <laughs> when is the scam gonna be? <laughs> you know,
0: that's, that's we're we gonna put our
1: I, cover here.
0: That's not what I meant.
1: That's that's absolutely <laughs> not what I meant. You know. <laughs> no, but no, I don't know. I mean. It, yeah, I mean when I think about it yeah it is crazy. And the same thing with the new album. I mean having fucking Biff sing in one yeah. of our songs. Yeah. It, it is fucking crazy. But but <laughs> when I think about it he's he's a regular guy him too. I mean the only difference yeah. is that he's singing in an amazing band. And yeah. you know I I don't see us as anything special. We're just regular guys too and we happen to play in a band that some, you know, some people like. And, you know, and I think also what helped maybe the way how we see things is that Amanamart never became a big band instantly. It took us many years and we took it always step by step for all. But so for us, whatever, I mean, it it feels natural. It feels normal because it was such, you know, it's been so long staircase, so to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, so swing- it doesn't really feel awkward. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, swing, Swinging back since you brought him up, Biff, um, obviously back to Andy Sneap. He's recorded with Saxon the last couple of records. Uh, did you know Biff or was that something that Andy said, hey, you guys would work great together?
1: Uh, <laughs> We've known Biff and Saxon, for I don't know. I think the first time we met them was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago or something like that. And uh, they've always been in friendly, you know. It's not like we're best friends or anything, but you know, always saying hey and and what's up and stuff like that. But uh, I think uh, when we recorded Deceiver album with Andy Sneap, and uh, he was, here, I think he had just recorded Saxon or something like that. But anyway, we talked about Saxon in the pub, and then I, I remember I said to Andy, you know, at one point we should do a song about Vikings and Saxons, mm-hmm. and do it together with with Saxon, because that really makes sense. We are the Vikings and Saxons are the Saxons. And so that idea has been there since then. And I I know that I I said to the guys and I also told some friends that at some point we're going to fucking do a song together with Saxon. So now the time was right because we're going back to Andy and, and, you know, the Saxon guys doesn't live too far off from there. And I think musically we had the right idea too. Stuff that fits both... Biff vocals and Angelo on vocals. So we just reach out to to Saxon and and, and Biff loved the idea. Oh, nice. it's,
0: it's he's he's so he's a lot more contemporary than like the guy's 70 plus, 71, 72 years old, but he's he's got his finger on the pulse in regards to contemporary music, you know. Um, especially oh, Swedish, yeah. especially Swedish music, you guys and Opeth and so on and so forth. But um, no one ever talks about Paul Quinn and and being a guitar player he's he's a secret weapon that that he's the secret weapon of Saxon as well Paul Quinn's guitar oh, yeah. you know riffs are just killer did uh how did you guys get on and did you you know did he influence you ever growing up
1: oh yeah definitely i think uh, I, as every swede saxon was a big deal in the 80s for, for yep. kids and for me as well i mean I've been listening to Saxon albums over and over again. And, you know, so yeah, big influence for sure. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately for our for recording, because uh, we were such uh, locked in into the studio and we didn't do anything else than just fucking grinded the album. We were ready a week ahead that we had planned. So when uh, Paul and Doug came to the studio, we had already left. So we were not there when they did their solos. And that, right. That's a change.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a big shame. That's a big shame.
1: Oh. But hopefully, you guys, it'd be
0: great to see you guys do that together sometime. You know, to see, to see you know, Paul and Doug and, and Biff up there singing. That'd be amazing to see you guys all together on the stage. Yeah, um, that would be cool. That'd, that'd be really cool.
3: Marching South where was Shall taking off Red Crown It doesn't matter if
0: Is there, um, From your point of view, like we just we just praise your guitar tone, but it, from your point of view, are there any standout songs that you really that float to the top when you listen back to the
2: record now?
1: I don't know. I, I think it's really it's so difficult to judge stuff that you you've written yourself. Mm. It's really difficult to be honest, and uh, it takes me. I don't know, it takes me maybe two years until I can really listen and, and, and you know, properly, you know. So, I mean, I, I can talk what I think about Berserker, because that was two <laughs> years ago. But no, but seriously, no, I don't know. I, I, I think it's so difficult to judge your own uh, songs.
0: I remember but, uh, listening to, I, to Berserker and thinking Berserker was such a great album, but this is taking it to a whole different level. level. This is, there's definitely a, a, a mature progression in you guys' sound and, and performing on this record without a doubt.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. And I think, I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about Jay Rustin. I think he was a, a great producer. But to me, it felt like when we did the Berserker, it, it, it didn't really, there was not a big difference between our demos and, and, and the record Right. while there's a big difference with our demos after recording with Andy, because Andy, he kind of added stuff that, you know, you know, he makes it so much more dynamic, so to say. I, I'm not saying that he's changed our music, but there's like, I mean, there's different ways to play a melody. You can put whatever effect on it to make it sound a little bit different, or you harmonize something to, to make it sound bigger. or So I think uh, he just adds lots of layer, layers of, of, of you know greatness into our records or the songs. And I think that's kind of lacking from, from, from uh, Berserker. in one way
2: that
1: makes perfect sense and I also think that uh, um, uh, when we do vocals or did vocals I mean Andy you know he helps Johan to you know try different phrasings that maybe like every sentence doesn't have to be equally long maybe break it down a little bit to get a different flow and stuff like that and and that also makes adds more dynamics to the to the songs.
2: There's a there's a great part in um, Dawn of Norsemen, like kind of like halfway through the song. There's kind of like a semi acoustic guitar thing going on before the before the solo. That's a great piece right there. Oh yeah, amazing. <laughs>
0: So we just gotta we gotta wrap up the interview. Um you guys are gonna come through town. You're playing with uh the Halo effect and machine head um on a on a dual headlining tool playing Stockholm, of course, at uh at the Horvet. Uh you're looking forward to that?
1: Oh yeah. I think it's our first time uh, we are playing at Horvet. So yep. obviously for, for a Stockholm kid, that's a <laughs> that's a big thing. And uh yeah, exciting. We haven't uh, played live for more than two and a half years, and we is just not, uh, you know, pretty much every other band is in the same situation. So that's also going to be quite cool to go back to it,
0: see and, and if I'm we still a- can do it. I'm absolutely, I'm sure you can. But <laughs> I'm on a Math show is always, always a fucking big thing, man. I remember last time you... Uh, um i think last time you played um gothenburg patel patella or whatever um yeah and you Patilla. yeah patella and you you kind of blew the fuses or something like that or you set off the smoke set off the smoke alarms man and shut the shut the gig down
1: no it it was actually yeah some some uh, oh some
0: some some I em- been-
1: employed some employed there that didn't uh, understand that, that they have to turn off the smoke uh, detectors because we had lots of fire on stage yeah
0: <laughs> so but so always, on. There, there always is for a monomath it's the it's the stage show was always amazing too you know with the boat and the you know the blob things there's lots of fire um, you know there's and there's a lot of uh, a lot of crowd engagement as well which um you know which really must give you energy when you're up there as well
1: oh yeah, that totally bounces off not bounce it off, but you you uh, that was wrong, bounces off <laughs> uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that yeah you, you, you if the crowd that, is you into it, it.
2: Yeah. yeah, you absorb that, so if the crowd go nuts, you go nuts too, yeah, so yeah. Totally. Is it it going to be a whole new show now?
1: It's not going to be a whole new show. The thing is what we've done the last, uh, I don't know, three tours, is that uh, we just keep adding cool stuff into our set, (laughs) so to say. So so that's what we've been doing here. I mean, we're still going to have the helmet, but, you know, we just keep adding stuff. Right, right. (laughs) Looking forward to it.
0: Love it. I love you. Thanks.
1: For yeah, your time. And, and that's going to be on the 24th of uh, uh, September. September? Yep. Saturday. Yep. So, yeah, it's going to be good.
0: That's going to be a big Perfect. show. And, and two, two great bands you're playing with. That's, that's like the package of the year. That's the metal package of the year over here. It's great. Three bands. Three great bands. Us, Machine Head and the Hollow effect. Exactly. Right. You you're playing with two great bands, I think I said. So yes. Three. <laughs> oh, ra- <okay. laughs> yeah. Three, three great bands. Three sensational bands. And three bands with new records, with really strong new records out as yeah. well. So, yes. It's gonna be a great night. Um thanks for your time, man. Always a pleasure. Cool. All right. Okay, right. thank you. Bye,
3: man.